Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to Accelerate, the official podcast of the Ignite Prophetic Network. I hope this audio equips and inspires you to move deeper into the prophetic with greater accuracy and greater passion. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. All right, out there in social media land, Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader, the Awakening House of Prayer Global Movement Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale. Come down and see us. We're Prophetic Church, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is prophetic people. And it's not always about the prophetic people in the church. Sometimes I run into prophetic people outside the church. And what we found is that prophetic people, they need guidance. They need mentoring. They need discipleship, just like any other believer. How much so a believer who is proposing to speak for God? And so we really need to dive strongly in this season into prophetic discipleship and press in to pastor prophetic people well. Because let me tell you, prophetic people, I love you. I love being around prophets and prophetic people. I have a church full of prophetic people. But sometimes, beloved, you can be a wee bit challenging to us, especially as apostles. We like to have order. And so we want to talk today, and and we're talking to the pastors. We want to help you, give you some tips as to how, you know, how you can better pastor and disciple your prophetic people. We don't want to shut them down. We want to, we want to disciple them. And, and pa- prophetic people, we're talking to you too. So with me today is a true son, Apostle Chasden Strickland. And I want to give him a chance to say hello and, and tell you about his church and, and what he's doing. And then we're going to jump right into the broadcast. I want you to share, share, share on whatever medium you're watching this. I want you to share, share, share. Apostle Chaz, why don't you say hello to everybody? Well, you know, thank you so much, Apostle, for being on with you. Um, it's really an honor. It's a blessing. Um, and I just want to introduce myself. My name is Chad Strickland and our ministry is located in Jacksonville, Florida. We are the Ignite Church Revival Center. And um, we have some tremendous things going on. Um, we're raising up people in the prophetic. So we do prophetic discipleship um, and we actually prepare people for the ministry of the glory. Um, and so it's absolutely been 
amazing. Um, just the deliverance that's happening, the miracle signs and wonders. Um, we have blind eyes opening. People are beginning to walk um, that are lame, people on crutches, all types of things. Um, so it's just been tremendous. So we're Revival Center and we're contending for revival. You know, we want the move of God and we don't want to settle for anything less. Amen. Amen. And you've come to minister at Awakening House of Prayer in my stead. Uh, I was gone and, and last minute I had something come up and you jumped down, jump filled right in. And they just loved you down here in South Florida. So uh, <laughs> Apostle Chazden will be with us at the Ignite uh, Ascend Ignite Network's Ascend 2K19 conference. Chasden will be there. Bill Hamill will be there. Alexandra Pagani will be there. And of course, myself, you want to get signed up for that at jenniferleclair.eventbrite.com. There's only a few seats left. Please go sign up for that. And you'll see us both sort of working and moving together. Um, and please do, if you're in Jacksonville, go visit this church. It's a great experience all the way around. His wife is beautiful as well. So, <laughs> all right. So let's jump into this now. You've all come on. Keep sharing. Um, prophetic people, uh, the rise, I, I want to say first of all, before we get into this, we're seeing obviously a rise of prophetic people. My spiritual father, Bishop Bill Hammond, you know, he is the, the father of the modern day prophetic movement. And he has activated like hundreds of thousands of people in the prophetic. So we are pro prophetic people. We know in Acts 2, 17 through 18, God said it shall come to pass then in the last day, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So we know you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. The Bible says your sons and daughters, when the, when the spirit is poured out, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men see visions, your old men see dreams. And so we are we are really thrilled about the rise of prophetic people. And, and, and Apostle Chaz, I'm going to let you chime in on this. But in my my view, you know, a healthy church should have a prophetic expression, should have a prophetic voice. That's that's exactly true. I think that uh, without the prophetic, you know, the supernatural, we we many teach that the supernatural has three different dimensions and all three of those dimensions. Um, the prophetic actually flows in all three of those dimensions. And because of the fact that for heaven to come to earth, there there must be revelation, um, which is why the Bible says that uh, God will speak to the prophets before he does anything. It really speaks not necessarily of the importance just of prophets, but of the prophetic in general. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we're cutting off the prophetic or we are shunning or rejecting the prophetic, essentially we are hindering um, the full potential of God moving. And we find ourselves by default doing whatever we want to do. So it's not just about prophesying per se. It's not just about speaking. It's about the actual invasion of heaven um, into the earth through the prophetic coming, flowing in our churches. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. So we want to start off just saying we love prophetic people, but there are <laughs> challenges. I mean, if, if you're a pastor watching me, you know there's challenges. I was just in Europe. I spoke with several pastors, and everybody's talking about the challenges they have in their church. You know, because where there's people, you know, where the oxen is, it's going to, it's going to be a little messy. So we can handle that, but we want to talk about some of those challenges and, and I, we're sort of banter back and forth there. But one of the first ones that I've seen is that it seems like everybody wants to be a prophet, but Paul mm. the apostle said, are all apostles, are all prophets? And it was a rhetorical question. And, you know, no, not everybody's a prophet. As a matter of fact, I don't know why anybody would want to be a prophet. You know, I was speaking <laughs> with Apostle Chaston and his wife yesterday or uh, the day before. And it's like, my, you know, you don't understand. The Bible says in James, as an example of those who suffered, who, of example of patience in the face of suffering, take my servants, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. If you're a prophet, you're going to suffer. A prophetic person, 
you'll get the regular suffering. But if you're a prophet, you're going to get the <laughs> prophetic grade suffering. And so, you know, I mean, do you see that too? People just, everyone wants to be a prophet. You know, um, so many people want to be prophets. Um, you know, I've had people leave our ministry because we won't validate them um, as prophets. Um, or sometimes it's because they feel we don't validate them as soon. And I think a couple, it comes down to a lack of revelation. I'm probably going to need to take my hat off for this. <laughs> it comes down <laughs> to a lack of, lack of revelation. You know, when Jesus was talking about John the Baptist, he said he was the greatest prophet born of a woman. But then he turns around and says, but he's the least in the kingdom. And this was speaking in covenant. And part of it is because we do not understand sonship and we do not understand our inheritance in Christ. If we really knew our inheritance, we would be proud to be sons of God. Yeah. We wouldn't we'd really be chasing these titles, chasing these platforms, chasing, um, you know, the mantle of a prophet, especially since you can't have that unless you're born, um, you know, into that calling with that calling. Um, and so because of that, we've seen so much people fighting, you know, to step into prophethood instead of just embracing that we are prophetic and we are a prophetic people. And so, yes, it's 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 really pandemonium. It's an epidemic. Everyone mm -hmm. thinks they're a prophet. And we really don't even see evangelists, pastors or teachers anymore at this point. You know, everyone is just a prophet now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. Or an apostle. I think the, the apostle or neither. There are grand poobahs and bishops out there, too, though. So <laughs> the bishops are biblical. The grand poobahs, not so much. But um, what else? What else? What other challenges are you seeing in the body? And, and, and please, those who go to Ignite and those who go to Awakening House of Prayer, please do not think we're talking about you, beloved. We both travel. We've both been in this a long time. So but what, what's what, what's the challenge that you're seeing in, in terms of pastoring prophetic people? You know, one of the biggest challenges I can say um, in developing um, prophetic people is that many of them have gone through rejection. Mm. And so because many of them have gone through rejection, they've, they've picked up a spirit of rejection. They've gone through a lot of trauma um, and they're very wounded people. And so because of this, um, it, it really spills out in their interaction with people. And so they have a hard time with community. They have a hard time sometimes even with submission mm -hmm. um, and they find themselves almost like, you know, using their gift as a means to separate and isolate themselves. Um, and they struggle with correction. They struggle with order. They struggle with protocols. Um, and when you've been rejected, you actually create scenarios in your mind um, of things that are that have not necessarily even happened. And I went through a phase like that. I think a lot of people that are prophetic go through phases like that where you almost feel like everyone's against you. And what this stem from is your childhood. Sometimes when you're prophetic, you're very peculiar and you grow up extremely different from everybody around you, even within your family. And so because of that, everyone kind of you're used to being rejected. So you almost expect to be rejected. You go into relationships with an expectation to be rejected by everybody, to not be loved. And so now, you know, I go to this church, but the pastor doesn't love me because they didn't give me the microphone. Mm -hmm. so we find our identity because of the rejection. We're really unknowingly trying to validate ourselves through our giftings. And that's what happens with prophetic people. That is that is really true. Rejection and the prophetics tend to go hand in hand. You know, and a lot of prophetic people tend to be more melancholy, like just with a very strong prophetic gift, because uh, there's degrees of prophetic ministry. So, you know, some people flow just 
every once in a while on the simple gifts. Some flow regularly. They're not a prophet, but they're, they've got a strong prophetic flow. And the more prophetic you are, it seems, the more, of a, more, more creative you are, the more melancholy you are. So you have that tendency, you know, to be introspective and retrospective and a navel gazer. And, you know, Elijah ran into a cave, wished he would die. And, you know, <laughs> Jonah sat under a tree and wished he would die. And so, Prophets and rejection, it goes hand in hand. So prophetic people, I, I noticed that a lot of people with a true prophetic gift do come in, like you said, with that rejection. They've been misunderstood. They've been misidentified, mislabeled, misjudged. And and, and there needs to be healing. I, I just even now, I just see the Lord yeah. wants to bring a, a wave of inner healing through the whole yes, prophetic right. movement. So many have been rejected. And that that leads to all kinds of problems, like you know, like not following order. You know, Paul, the apostle mm. said that all things should be done decently and in order. And and yes. one of the challenges, you, you pinpointed it, but I want to elaborate, is that some prophetic people, it's a challenge to pastor them because they think that every time they get a word, they should be allowed to release the word. Or Jesus, they should yeah. be able to, to release it in the service or come release it directly to you. And, <laughs> you know, we've had to put in protocols over the years, especially when I travel, that if you have a prophetic word for me, then you need to go give it to Prophet Vanessa or someone else on my staff and go through that protocol because people mm. will come and give you a dirty diaper right before you go up to preach. In other words, <laughs> they come, they come drop that prophetic bomb and, and yes. people with me, they, they love to prophesy about my hair. They love to prophesy. They don't like the color. They don't like that. It's curly. They didn't like it when it was straight. God doesn't like your hair. And they like to prophesy, you know, about, about a husband, you know, I'm married to Jesus right now. I was married before. <laughs> they want to prophesy about, you know, how, you know, he's going to dress this way. And, and it's like, come that it goes it goes <laughs> i have been have you ever received goofy prophecies like that like where it's just really not god you know what i've received uh what well, i have to tell a story um <laughs> i remember i was doing a prophetic um training and i was teaching on the prophetic and as i was teaching you know someone actually raised their hands now thank god that i did not um allow them to release a word i didn't just because I, I don't know i just didn't feel right but so they whisper the word to my wife and apparently there was a dancing hot dog in the spirit <laughs> that was behind me as I was preaching. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm no stranger to wacky, tacky. I call it Looney Tune prophetic. Oh, boy. And it's, 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 it's the dimensions or it's really just the imagination. Uh, yeah. But this goes back to people wanting to be validated through their gifts. So, so because I've been rejected my whole life, I know you're not going to receive me. So what I have to do to get in with you is I have to show you how spiritual I am. Yeah. And so these people are hyper spiritual and I've received words like that. I've had people walk up to me one time. We we're doing a prophetic training and maybe I need to stop doing prophetic training, <laughs> um, but we were doing a prophetic training and this guy, he walks up. We're like, you know, we want everyone to receive one word and we want you to prophesy the word of the Lord. And so he, he says, I have a word. We're like, okay, go ahead and release it. And he starts singing in tongues, but, but it's like, it's horrible. And I, I want to try to do it. He's like, Ooh, and then he's like, God will give you guys the interpretation. And oh. I'm like, no, we're, this is not going to work. So we've seen all the Looney Tune. I've had people do cartwheels in the service. I've, I've seen all types of stuff in the prophetic, all in the name of the prophetic. Yeah. Th I was just with my friends in Scotland. 
And they told me there was this guy who came in one of the services one time and, and pulled up a chair, put it up on the platform, facing the clock and turning his back to the <laughs> whole service, back to the preacher. And he said, you know, the Lord wants me to stand here to keep time or something. It was just, <laughs> it's just crazy. And so, you know, it, it really is now. You know, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because we've had these experiences. We still do prophetic training. And really, that's what's needed is more training, which is kind of why we're doing these, you know, this broadcast. Paul said decently and in order. It's not decent for you to get a microphone, a prophesy (laughs) over a leader, something that's inappropriate or that would cast any aspersions on the leader. You just don't do that. I, I think one of the things we have to remember is that the simple gift is for, according to 1 Corinthians 14, for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And so, you know, I'm not saying that uh, the average everyday believer could never, that God could never, never, never use them to deliver a word of, of rebuke or judgment or, or directional word. God can use anybody to say anything. But when we understand the bounds of the gifts, and as we're learning and growing yes. in the gift, if we'll stay in those bounds, it's like a safety net. So that because what happens, guys, is you you get out of the bounds of edification, exhortation, comfort as a prophetic believer, and you're going and telling your pastor all these crazy things, and your pastor is like, uh, and they they decide that your prophetic voice can't be trusted at this time. So it, mm. it, 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 it's it's similar to the situation where the boy who cried wolf, you know, yes. and, and nobody finally believed him because he kept crying wolf, and there was no wolf. And so if you keep delivering these prophecies that are out of bounds, out of your level of authority, you keep giving yes. it to your pastor, your pastor is going to be like, ah, you know, they're going to not want to hear you anymore for a season until they can get you trained. So you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Please go through the protocols, give it to, to, to the elder. That way they can judge it so that your pastor doesn't, you know, have to see all these things because it can really sometimes as a pastor, you know, I'm really an apostle, but as a pastor, I pastor a church. You know, these things can hit you. I get emails or Facebook messages or Instagram messages, and these things can hit you at the wrong time. And Jesus. and then you have to begin to guard yourself from that person. I'm just being honest. You have to begin to put some more distance between you and that person who doesn't understand boundaries. Chaz, do you want to talk wow. about that? That's, that's exactly true. You know, because if every day if you come to me with a word of the Lord about a dancing unicorn, <laughs> you know, then what happens now when Jezebel comes into our church yeah. and you're the one that calls out Jezebel, yeah. I don't know if I can trust that. Um, and so part of developing, we have to understand, I think people that come into the prophetic, they have to understand that the Bible talks about Samuel, who, who obviously we know was a prophet, but it says that all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, they knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet. Um, and what that speaks of is over time, there was a credibility that developed with the people where none of his words were falling to the ground. And, and you cannot force your prophetic gifting on people. You have to understand that there's a credibility that's developing. There's a history that you have to develop with your leadership of your prophetic words. That's right. And so over time, what I've noticed is um, if someone is prophesying, we'll, we we actually do take note if those words are coming to pass. Uh, now, I don't want anyone to get confused. You may feel that your leader is not impressed with your gifting, but you have to understand it's not that they're not impressed. It's not it's not even about being impressed. Uh, but what it is, is they're more concerned with your development than they are being amazed by your gift. And so when yep. the word is released, we usually take note. OK, this person had an accurate word um, and it was accurate. But then we're also paying attention to your marriage. 
We're paying attention to your family. We're taking paying attention to your stewardship, your mental stability, yep. the, the, just the whole man. It's not just about you prophesying. And so, um, so yeah, we've, I, we've had to put those parameters in place. I've seen the prophetic split churches. I've yeah. seen the prophetic cause divorces. I've seen the prophetic, um, especially now in this generation, there's a lot of training on, on the prophetic. Uh, but one of the challenges we face is that with the training and the prophetic, we're almost kind of including prophets uh, in the level of training of just of the gift of prophecy, as you, as you mentioned. That's right. And so because many people that are actually called to be prophets, they're not really being taken beyond uh, just really the entry level of those giftings. Um, and so because of that, they're almost left to be self-trained when it comes to the higher levels of the prophetic things that involve kind of what you were talking about the other day within the seer realms, um, things that involve like outer body experiences, trances, those types of things. Um, and because of that, it's done two things. You have people that are prophets. They're not trained in the full spectrum of their mantle. Um, and then you have the other note where because we've kind of reduced prophethood to just the gift of prophecy, everyone feels that I'm on this level because all we've made teaching of the prophets is, you know, you just edify, you just comfort and you exhort. So yep. as people are coming into ministries, they're coming in with a lot of ignorance in the prophetic, even if they sat through a lot of prophetic training sometimes. And because of that, we feel like our leader is holding us back. Uh, but the protocols are meant to keep an environment safe, to keep the toxicity and the mixture out of the prophetic. And um, and we should even love that our leaders will even create an environment where our prophecies can be scrutinized. We should welcome as prophetic people uh, the scrutiny of our prophetic ministry. Yes. And, and the reason for that is because that's going to sharpen me. That's going to help me to decipher and discern when God is actually speaking and when he's not. So next time you get a unicorn prophetic word and the leader's <laughs> like, look, I don't see a unicorn in here. I don't believe that the unicorn is the word of the Lord. The unicorn's not dancing. Um, don't feel rejected by that. Know that that's for your growth and your development. That's right. And, and I think if you, if you come away with anything from this broadcast, it's the fact that it's challenging to navigate the prophetic in a community because, you know, for mm. example, if you put, uh, but you've got to do it. We've got to be the stewards in our churches and, and in your lives. If you don't put all your musicians in your church up on the platform and you said, uh, be led by the Lord in what you sing today. Well, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> if you've got five different, you know, members of your, your band, they're probably going to start playing five different songs and there's going to be chaos. There's going to be what, what musically they call strife. And so in a prophetic community and building a prophetic culture, you know, you can't just let everybody do what they want. We've got to, yes, have our own unique expressions, but we've got to understand the protocols of the house, the safety nets, the, 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 the rankings. Wow. Um, and we do have to go deeper. You know, I was just in uh, Scotland doing a, uh, prof I was training prophets from like 18 nations. And, and what I see is exactly what you said, Apostle Chaz, is that most prophets have not been trained in the deeper things and, and beyond the seer dimensions or out of body experience, which we need to train on all that. That's actually in my book, the seer dimensions. It's not a, you know, an expose, for, but, but it's, it's a good starter. And, you know, we also though have to deal with things like character yes. uh, because we're seeing a lot of prophetic people, prophets in, in particular 
they're going off into all kind of la la lands. They're they're in sexual sin, and so you know, in the schools of the prophets, mm. I think it needs to go beyond even training on the spiritual side. I think that pe- people need to understand, like you said, how to steward their marriage, how to steward their finances. Like that, that's all part of it. Look, if your if your Jesus. marriage is in shambles and you're not sowing to the Lord and you're not praying and you have no intimacy with God, if you're not doing those things. I probably don't bear witness to your prophecy because it's probably muddied or it's probably Jesus. partly true. And so now I, that was kind of targeted more at prophets, but prophetic people, we, we've got to get to the place where we're willing to submit. When I was coming up in the prophetic, I was in an apostolic church and I was identified early on with this prophetic gift. And the first thing, the first thing my mentor said was, you know, how, how accurate was her last word? No, that wasn't the first thing she said. She cared about mm. how accurate it was. What she said was, is she staying humble? Has she puffed up in pride? Received the revelation of this mantle. Is she puffed up in pride? She was more concerned about my character because a prophet's going to prophesy. A prophet's going to, to enter into some realms. And, and quite frankly, the Holy Spirit will teach you some things. I do believe you need professional yeah. training, but the pro, you know, but if your character is bad, your gift is going to be potentially perverted. Uh, you can start prophesying mm. for money for greedy gain, like uh, Gehazi going after mm. the Naaman for the, the reward of Elisha's healing ministry. And so, you know, we've just got to really take this seriously. And that's why we're doing this broadcast because we believe in you, all those watching, we believe in you. We believe in your giftings. We believe God has given you an, a prophetic anointing as a believer with the Holy Spirit. But we've got to, we've got to take this seriously because we are coming into the last days with end times. We're seeing the great falling away. And, yes. and we want to see you encouraged and strengthened. So that's, that's why we're, we're here. I'll kick it back over to you, Apostle. That, that, you know, that's tremendous. You know, when you mentioned character, yeah. I want to encourage all the prophetic people to know that um, usually if your leader is not rushing you, um, often that can mean there, it doesn't mean they're a saw. Um, and it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that they're jealous of what's on you. Um, something else that I see with prophetic people um, is they very loosely will label a leader saw. Yeah, they're not quickly given a microphone um, and things like that. And I think for me personally, when I was coming up in the prophetic, um, especially when I was about 18, 19 years old, see the gifts and stuff, they they almost came alive in me the moment that I was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I was having all these encounters with angels and I'm seeing all this stuff. But I was mad because I wasn't on the leadership team, Apostle. I'm like, well, I should be on the leadership team because I'm seeing angels. You know, I'm having all these encounters and, you know, the Lord's showing me things about people. And in his ministry, I don't see why I'm a leader. I'm more prophetic, you know, than most of the people here. And and so prophetic people have to understand power versus authority. Mm. Uh, and, and so I want to be clear that it's possible that you may be the most prophetic person in your church, um, but be delegated the least authority um, be, because of character and things like that. And so we have to understand that authority um, comes from our submission. Authority comes from um, faithfulness, being entrusted to steward something, um, especially within a ministry. And so it doesn't come just because we're gifted. And so I want to present this. Another challenge that I've had personally, Apostle, and sometimes prophetic people will come in and they'll feel as though because I'm, you know, a prophet per se, especially since everyone believes they're prophets, they will assume that I'm more anointed than my leader and that I am when I get a prophetic word, my leader needs to do exactly what I say. And what happens is they start trying to control mm. the ministry um, through the prophetic. And this can happen. I tell prophetic people 
uh, that all of us have a potential Jezebel in us. <laughs> if, if, right. you, if you don't develop your character as a prophetic person, you are a potential Jezebel and that's male or female. And so what we encourage, um, you know, with the prophetic is we understand that our gifting does not give me the authority to muscle my leader around. And also after I release a prophetic word, um, what I should do now that I've released it to my leader, if it is a true word of the Lord, it's their responsibility. It's between them and God. It's not my responsibility to make sure that the church goes in the direction that I see it's that the Lord showed me it's going in. I'm there to compliment that leader. My gift is there to help to build, to help to encourage. But it's never that you take over the direction of the ministry. And, and so many people mess up in the prophetic that way. Yeah. And, and here, you know, prophetic people and prophets, this will really help you. Because when I was very young in the prophetic, I, I was prolific. I was hearing all kinds of things. I was careful about how much of it actually went to the apostle. I put it through the right protocols. I learned all this very early on, thank God. But what I found was some words I had were now words and some words I was seeing two, three, four, five years into the future. Mm -hmm. But I didn't understand that. I thought everything was a now word. So I would would run it up the totem pole and sometimes they would act on it. They had a whole conference around a prophetic word I had about a great awakening back in 2007 had a word about the Great Awakening. They had a whole conference around that prophetic word, and I was like, "Wow!" I felt I felt good. Yeah, you know, it made me feel good. Like <laughs> they were listening to me because we all like that. But you know, there was other things I'd give to them, and they'd act like like I never said a thing, and and, and, and I would get irritated. I'm like, "Well, you listen to the last thing." What? And the Lord showed me that she, He said, "Jennifer, you are so far ahead of your time in some of these things, and they're not seeing what you see. So you have to give your leader, your pastor, your apostle the time to process a thing and discern, like an Issachar, you know, with the, like the mm. Issachar anointing for them to discern. It's their ministry, and and, and, and you know, That's maybe right. it's a good word, but it's not a now word. People love to tell me how to run my ministry, and it's like, okay, they love to tell me you need to add this in the church, you need to add this in your ministry, or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, are you going to volunteer?" for that because we all yes. know that there's only so many hours in the day and we have to move on the word of the Lord, not on the word of a person. And so mm. just, you know, prophetic people understand that just because they don't do anything that is, it, the leaders are so busy, you know, they might yes. not have the time to, to, to personally sit down with you about every prophetic word and explain to you why so you have to trust, you know, it's between you, you're prophesying as unto the Lord, you're doing everything as yes. unto the Lord. Your job is to release it and to trust and if you don't trust your leader, then you're probably in the wrong place. And why would they mm. receive? They probably know you don't trust them. So why would they receive your prophecy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Wow. That's powerful, you know, about trust because, you know, the other thing about prophetic people, um, and you mentioned this earlier, and I think this is one of the, one of the bigger challenges with prophetic people is the mental stability. You know, when you look at all the people that you named um, earlier, when you're talking about Moses, he got suicidal. You know, Elijah, he got suicidal, you know. And what I noticed is so many times prophetic people, they can have like these really high highs, uh, but they can also have like really low lows. Yes. Um, and in all those lows, they tend to isolate themselves. Um, they get away from relationships. You know, they disappear. I've even got the, this is the funniest one to me. I, I one time I got a call and it's like, you know, I, well, I reached out to someone. I'm like, hey, you know, I didn't see you at church. Like, you know, I'm going through something. I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> why you need to be at church. That's right. You know, it's so many times. Um, I think emotionally, it, it, when you're a prophet, God has to strengthen. He has to heal you, you emotionally. Um, because if you're not healed emotionally, you're going to have those crazy mood swings. I thank God 
uh, that over time I've developed more stability. Uh, but even then, I think when you're prophetic, you're still more vulnerable um, probably than the average person, you know, to coming into depression and things like that. And so because of that, I think prophets have to take extra measures and that's where you need some relationships, you know, where you can be strong um, and, and not just with your leader. I think that's another thing I've noticed with prophetic people is they tend to only want relationship with their leader, you know, um, but, but you have to build relationships with other people that are in the ministry as well, because those will serve as lifelines when you fall into those times of depression, those really low lows. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it really does. We have a tendency as prophetic people to be melancholy. Um, and so we have to watch that. That's why we need prophetic hubs, prophetic nests, prophetic houses, and, uh, you know, and, and requirements for prophetic people. So, for example, for my prophetic team at Awakening House of Prayer, and you have to be at one prayer meeting a week. If you can't come pray, I'm not going to let you prophesy. And so when, mm-hmm. when, you, when you put guidelines for your team, which first of all, when you build a team, a prophetic team, you are establishing a community because they will then turn to each other because they're used to working in a team. So the, the prophetic people ministering to prophetic people. But the other thing is by, by putting that requirement, okay, you have to be in church on Sunday. You need to be at one. We have three prayer meetings a week. You need to be at one of them. And if you can't, then you can't prophesy. Why do I do that? Why do I put that guy? This is part of how you pastor prophetic people. Why do I do that? Because if you're going to be standing in prophetic ministry, you need to be in prayer. You need to be mm. in company, in community, warring together. When you enter prophetic ministry, there's a level of warfare that comes along with it. The enemy always wow. wars against the word and many times wars against the messenger of the word. And so if you're not in prophetic community, if you're not at a prayer meeting, if you're not in church, if you're not able to meet these baseline requirements in my church, I won't release you, not because I'm controlling or mean or want to put a heavy load on you, but because I'm concerned about your safety. I'm concerned about you getting into that Elijah syndrome or that Jonah syndrome or the Moses syndrome, yes. enemy exploiting your weaknesses. So part of how I pastor prophetic people is to give them some, look, this is the requirement for being on a team. Now, not everybody who's prophetic in our church is on a team, uh, but, but though, you know, we have prayer teaching, we have so many teaching equipping opportunities and I make those available to everybody in the church so that we can identify the most prophetic ones and we can cultivate those relationships. And, and we have a pastoral staff. So pastor prophetic people, it does mean you, you said it, it means relationship, not just with the leader, but also with each other because we're all, you know, you know, Cain said, am I my brother's keeper when God mm. asked him, where's Abel? And yes, we are our brother's keeper and we have to not forsake the assuming of ourselves together. So that relationship yes. is critical to your maturity, your development for iron sharpens iron. And, and, you know, sometimes when you're going through something, quite frankly, wouldn't you rather tell another sister or brother in the church mm-hmm. rather than your pastor? You know, maybe sometimes yeah. you sometimes people get embarrassed about things they're going through. They don't want their pastor to know. And, and sometimes right. that's okay. So building those prophetic nests, those prophetic hubs, having that accountability, you know, prophetic people need accountability, not accountability is not a dirty word. It's, you know, giving you feedback on a word, you know what, son, daughter, you know, part of that word was right. And we're glad we're grateful. Mm. That is spot on. But part of that word, I'm feeling that maybe your little bit of your soul got mixed into that or, or, you know what, I received that word. Part of it was little, I didn't bear witness to all of it. Why don't you go back and pray and ask the Lord about it and, and come back to me and let's talk about it. And those yes. kinds of things are ways you, you can cultivate a prophetic church and prophetic and disciple prophetic people. Wow. You know, um, I think another thing, um, as we're talking about just emotionally, the healing um, prophetic people also have a tendency to um, not plant, put their roots down um, yeah. in ministries. 
Um, and one of the reasons for this is because they're not healed. And so sometimes prophetic people deal with a lot of offense um, and they can be very easily offended. Um, and this is usually because something may trigger something that reminds them of something in their past. So because of that, uh, they don't have like any long lasting relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and even within the ministry, I want to say this it is very detrimental um, to maturity that you're able to put your roots down. Um, it's very detrimental. Um, it's, it's easy to go places. It's easy to go to revival meetings. In fact, I, I know that of, in my city, there's a large group of prophetic people that don't even uh, actually attend any church regularly. You know, they wow. just show up to like the revival gatherings and things like that. Um, and they say, you know, I am the church. I am the house of God and stuff like that. And I'll say this. It's, it's very important that you have someone that can see parts of yourself that you cannot see. Um, and, one mistake I think sometimes prophetic people make, um, we can get up in pride. And um, I don't know if you've ever encountered this apostle where you meet a prophetic person where everything that you say is like, oh, that's confirmation. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, that's a confirmation. Oh, that's a confirmation. That's a con And so there's almost like this uh, delusion that I see everything. I, I, I don't need anyone else to speak in my life because I see it all. You know, God shows me everything, any direction in my life. I'm going to have a vision, a dream, an angel's going to come to me. Jesus is going to walk in my room and give me a hug and bring me a coffee in the morning and tell me about <laughs> it. You know, and it's, it's very important to have someone, especially a leader in your life, um, that can correct you, that can um, encourage you, that can navigate you. And when you move around a lot, you never allow a leader to get close enough to see your heart and to really yeah. see you. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. That's a challenge with prophetic people because they tend to be quite frankly, they tend to be church hoppers. And I think as prophetic people, it's good to have a strong apostolic church as a framework. Now that doesn't mean you, the, the church has to have an apostle, but the pastors can be apostolic. And so I think, it, I think it's really, really important to get in a church that understands you um, that, mm. that, that understands that, that you're, you're gifting that, 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 you know, listen, if you're in a church, prophetic people, if you're in a church where the pastor or the leader, you know, doesn't believe in the prophetic, then you are going to consistently get rejected. You're going to feel like you don't fit in. You know what? Sometimes the reason why you don't fit in is because you don't fit in. Sometimes you need to get to yes. step into a church. Oh, I can't find one. Well, if you're in Jacksonville, go to Ignite Church. If you're in South Florida, come to Awakening House of Prayer. We've got you covered yes. from top to bottom across the state of Florida here. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll say a few things sort of wrapping this up. One of the things is that, you know, we, we as prophetic, as, as pastoring prophetic people, I think we have to know the people's hearts so that we don't get frustrated with them because someone yeah. that comes consistently with an arrogant attitude, they know everything, they're easily offended. Sometimes as pastors, as leaders of churches, we're like, oh, we see them coming and, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to run through the back door. I don't want to deal with it right now. So we've, we've got to, as, as pastors, as leaders, we've got to keep our hearts clean toward these people that sometimes they've been so abused in other churches and they're just so hungry yeah. to be accepted and acknowledged. And, you know, we have a lady in our church and she'd been, uh, she'd been, maybe you're watching. She'd been to a lot of churches. She's, you know, probably 15 years older than me. I don't know, but she said something to me. She'd been with us maybe a year or so. And she said something to me the other day. She said, you know, I feel, I feel here. I feel affirmed. I feel like I've been released. This is my birthing place. I've been to so many churches. They've rejected my giftings. And so that, you know, that doesn't mean pastors that anyone prophetic, you automatically receive them as a prophet or you put them on your platform, but you've got to cultivate that. You've got to nurture your people who are prophetic because chances mm. are if they're coming to your church, especially if they're, 
if they're, you know, not new believers and they're coming to your church, they've left somewhere that probably either shunned them or there was some kind of issue. So we've got to know the hearts of the people. Um, And the other thing I would say is, uh, you know, don't be, you know, quick not to correct somebody, but do it in love. Because they don't know what they don't know. And with prophetic people, most of the time, the reason why they do some of the things they're doing that are annoying you pastors is because they have not been corrected in a spirit of love and in a spirit of grace. Um, you want to add in anything to that? Um, you know, and I, I'll just definitely say that's exactly true. Pastors, um, you know, we've mainly been speaking to the prophetic people, but we want to encourage you um, to know that your ministry once you get those prophets trained, once you get them mature, you are going to be looking at one of the most supernatural churches. Um, just the the blessing um, that prophetic people are. You know, when you look, um, even when they when Zerubbabel was rebuilding the temple, it was a prophet uh, that saw the hindrance, saw um, Satan standing there, um, hindering, and he prophesied to that that mountain, and he told that mountain to become flat. And um, prophets are a tremendous blessing. They just need to be trained. So I just want to encourage you to invest in them um, and also know that they're never going to go any further than where you train them. You know, so if you don't teach them, if you don't give them the, the wisdom that's associated to the prophetic um, along with their giftings, because just because they're gifted doesn't mean they don't need training. That's the most right. gifted people in your ministry, they still need a lot of training. And the training, um, especially with the protocols and learning how to work alongside of leadership and things like that and instilling things that help them build community and help them be healed. You are going to be glad uh, that you have a house full of prophets. I'm praying that my church is like an Obadiah's cave, that people that are on the run from um, Jezebel that are on the run. Uh, that they're able to find a safe place, a safe environment for them to bud and to grow and to be fully released into the calling, whatever that calling is prophetically that God has for them. And so I, I do believe that that it may be hard now, pastors, but the prophets, uh, the emerging prophets and the prophetic people in your church, they are going to be a tremendous blessing to you. Amen. That is right. So have a heart for the prophetic. You will attract prophetic people. It will get a little messy sometimes, but it is worth it. I promise you it is worth it. I said many years ago, I want to be surrounded with prophets and seers. Some pastors have shunned you because they don't want you to see their sin. Oh, my goodness. Did I just say mm. that? It's true. <laughs> um, listen, I want to invite you to get a copy of this book today, The Seer Dimensions. And you can find it on Amazon. It's not yet available in the UK as, as, as for this live broadcast. It's, it's two or three days from now, it releases in the UK and on Kindle. You know, we talk here about the different dimensions of the seer, uh, the seer gifting, dreams, visions, angelic, heavenly, demonic, ecstatic, trance, out of body, secret and silence, meditation, and avoiding mm-hmm. the dark side, avoiding the dark side. So get that on Amazon.com. Uh, check out my School of the Seers on schoolofthespirit.tv. Check out the company of Sears at ignitenow.org. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, Apostle Chasden, we're going to do some prophetic training together next year some sometime. I just feel like down here at Awakening House of Prayer, up there, wherever you want to do it. And uh, I think there's a good synergy here with the uh, with the understanding. I think the two perspectives as a man, a woman, um, you know, is, is healthy as well. But um, what do you what else do you want to say? Make sure before you get off, you tell them how to get in touch with you, your website, whatever you want to share. But any, any final thoughts? Um, you know, just final thoughts. Uh, we we're in a time where I believe there's a resurgence 
of the prophetic, um, but I believe that there is a culmination of the glory as well. And so we're not just going to prophesy, um, but there's going to be with the, the prophets in the Old Testament, they actually moved in miracles. They moved in signs. They moved in wonders. And I think that we're about to see a convergence of different streams coming together um, to release really the full spectrum of the ministry of the prophets. So ancient prophetic oil. I believe is going to be released on the church. And I believe that's why we're seeing that in 2020. So 2020, we're prophesying that ancient prophetic oil um, comes on to the prophetic movement of the corporate church. Um, And to get in contact with me, you can actually go to um, globalfires.org. So that's globalfires.org. You can contact us there. Um, Obviously, we're also on Facebook um, and it's Ignite Church Revival Center. Uh, my personal page is just Chasden Strickland. Um, so I really look forward to connecting to you um, and doing some things with you, um, especially if you're looking to bring your church into like advanced supernatural. I yeah. do a lot of teaching on um, things that are more advanced, um, especially um, a message burning my heart right now is the resurrection of Jesus. And yes. God has really been, I mean, I, in the last year, God's given me so much revelation on the resurrection of Jesus. It's been, I thought I understood it until God started to really open up that revelation to me. And so I really would be a blessing to you um, to, to connect. I do. I really feel like it would be, especially if you're trying to go further and deeper in the things of God and the knowledge of the glory. Amen. That is so good. Remember, 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 Apostle Chastin and I will be at the Ascend 2K19 conference together with Bishop Bill Hammond and Alexander Pagani. Talk about a crossing of streams. Talk about a crossing of the generations. I mean, talk about a, an ethnic, an eth, ethnic, eth, 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 ethical, ethnic, eth, crossing of ethnicities. That's a yes. mouthful. Yeah, talk, I mean, it's, it's just so diverse. And so we're going to be there all together. So go sign up for that at jenniferleclair.eventbrite.com. And you can, if you cannot come in person, you can watch it online. We're having a special luncheon for the Ignite members and partners. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to walk away with your eyes open in some of that ancient prophetic oil as well. Remember the seer dimensions, the company of the seers. Make sure you get on our mailing list. Listen, I'll be back with you to tomorrow, Saturday. I'll be back with you again on a Facebook live. We'll tag team again in the future. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information on Ignite, including the company of seers, the lighthouses, the company of scribes, and everything we have to offer, visit ignitenow.org. That's ignitenow.org. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family.
This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.